Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another great episode of Hospitality MD. I'm Kyle, of course, and today Neil Apadiai is joining me from Ames, Iowa, at the Gateway Hotel and Conference Center as the Director of Operations. Thanks so much for sitting down, taking the time out of your busy week to meet with us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I was checking out your hotel online and everything, and I just realized it's the um, it's the hotel that the uh, not University of Iowa, but Iowa State University uses for its hospitality program. Is that right? That is correct. Yeah, we have a very very close partnership with Iowa State. Um, a lot of our owners and investors used to be or not UC, but our graduates from Iowa State. So it's a very close relationship there. So does that mean that, uh, cause I'm familiar with Iowa state's, um, like school of hospitality management. I know it's, a probably one of the better programs outside of Chicago in the Midwest and outside of maybe Michigan state. So it's a very reputable program. Is that the hotel that students will use? Um, who are attending that as like their kind of real life simulation for hospitality and hotels? Yeah, so we don't, we used to see them a lot more. We don't see them as much for like a simulation type of thing, which uh, one of my goals for next year, that that is the goal be, to bring that relationship back. What you see now is a lot of tours and like, we, you know, interns will come up and pop up around here and there, but uh, we want to get back to, you know, five or six years ago when they used to come here and get a real feel for, you know, the hotel industry. Because the school itself doesn't have any um, any hotel then, right? No, it does not. So a while, while, long, long back, a little history, uh, the Iowa State Foundation owned the hotel. And um, it was Gateway was created to have some kind of nice place, a full-service hotel in the area to be able to accommodate, you know, the guests of the university or situations like that. And that's how we were built. And um, so, you know, with that, with that being said, like to so the hotel, when, when the IOC foundation sold it to our ownership, you know, that was kind of like their last, they don't, they don't, own the, they don't, own, they don't own a hotel anymore, but they mm. had a partnership with us to have that close tie. Gotcha. So um, Ames, Iowa, full service hotel, you, how many rooms do you have? We have 187. That's a good size for that area. It sounds like um, the next lowest is about in a 90 something room. So, so you're probably the nicest hotel in town. I would imagine. Of course. <laughs> yeah. I uh, actually, uh, for a very brief, brief time, I went to university of Iowa, um, oh, in Iowa city. So, uh, I'm kind of familiar myself with um, the dynamics of working in a college town. I worked at the Coralville Marriott and, uh, yeah. Hotel and Conference Center. I'm sure you're familiar. Very close to that GM over there. So, with uh, well, I don't know who the current GM is, but Brian Stoles was there when I was. Yeah, I was yeah. over there. Sweet. Okay. Um, so yeah, I know how it can be with like the dynamics of working in a college town. I mean, I was technically a college student at the time. I was I was working there. Um, didn't really act like it, like I should have acted like a college student. However, uh, it's okay because, you know, we uh, we moved on to, to other stuff. So now for you, being in that on that property and 
uh, being so close to the university, I understand that you're also uh, on the executive board of hospitality for the school as well. Is that right? That's correct. Yep. And what does that actually entail? What does that mean? So, yeah, I just joined um, earlier this year. Um, I got asked to join and, um, you know, right off that, we did our first meeting since I started a couple months ago and it was generally just like a, so a lot, I guess a lot of feedback the, from the board gave to the, you know, the director of that program was they wanted more face-to-face -face interaction with the students. So, well, you know, the first thing we did was we went and talked to a class and we had small group discussions. I think the teacher set up uh, like kind of like Shark Tank. So we were the sharks and the students came up and just kind of chatted with three, like a couple, it was like five to 10 minute rotations and we got a chance to get to know the students. And um, what's funny is I was just telling the story to my GM is everyone was saying, yeah, we want to work in weddings. We want to work in weddings. And I'm like, have you worked a wedding before? And they're like, no. And I'm like, give that a shot first. And then we'll <laughs> Right. That's <laughs> a life-changing experience. And so a bit of student interaction, getting to know the students, getting to know networking sort of a lot and being able to have that, you know, resource for the students when they graduate, when they need an internship, you know, you guys are there to help them out. Um, we also took a look at their curriculum. We take a look at their curriculum, seeing what they're doing for each program, and we can give our recommendations and what we think. So I always joke. I said I came into that. I said, "Well, I don't have a degree, so it's kind of it's kind of it's going to be." What do I tell my kids? Don't go to school. <laughs> the irony, right? The irony yeah, is exactly is real in this situation. So, um, does that ever come up? Like, uh, especially with your close relationship with the university. Has anybody ever brought that up to you? Has any student ever mentioned anything? Or has it kind of just remained just one of those things that just maybe doesn't really matter so much? The degree part of it, is that you're asking? Right, exactly. So, I mean, it comes up from time to time. And I like I told the kids there is, well, I don't think, I don't want to go in there and say, don't go to, don't, you don't need college degree. Because I strongly believe to some fields you do. And if, you, if you're not going to go the college degree route, pair it with experience. Time and time again, I see kids that apply here or anywhere just go, man, I'm, I'm struggling. Even on LinkedIn, I see people. Man, I'm struggling to find a job. When you look at their LinkedIn profile, zero years of experience, they have a master's in hospitality. Well, you know, you need to pair that with experience. Like a three-month internship isn't going to do it. So is that is that your like – honest answer that's your true un unvetted answer just want to make sure off, off the record my fully honest answer is if you're not going to go the college degree route pair it with experience and not just a couple of years multiple years of experience before i started as a front office manager i had five or six years of front desk experience and housekeeping experience before i even moved into that role and i didn't go the college degree route so are you are you seeing a lot of times with like your proximity to the university, maybe somebody who is a recent graduate or, um, you know, somebody who's just completed an internship who's now saying, OK, I want to be a front office manager. I want to be a department head. I want to be this. And you're like, wait, like you literally have so never like <laughs> never been worked in a hotel setting on a full time basis. And you want to go straight to department head. Does that come up a lot? 
I mean, not as often as you'd think, but yeah, I mean, I get messages on LinkedIn pretty regularly, I'd say, like right around graduation time. So I got right now, I've gotten three messages in the past two months. And yesterday was graduation for Iowa State. Um, and then you'll get it again in May when graduation comes up again is you see those kids that just graduate. It's like, man, I want to go work at a hotel's department. It's like, ah, <laughs> you just graduated. Like, yeah, let's take a flow. Do you have uh, experience in hiring people who are currently attending school uh, and also people who've recently graduated as well? Yeah, definitely. So being so close to university, you know, we offer leniencies here and there. You know, we were, we're very, very flexible with the schedule based on, you know, we. so a little unknown fact too is Ames has the lowest unemployment rate in the nation. Fascinating at 1.5%. And with that, we have to kind of be flexible sometimes. Otherwise, there's three new hotels being opened up. What's stopping us? What's stopping What's stopping them from going somewhere else? So we work very closely with their schedule. If they have finals, they have tests and stuff like that, we'll give them time to study. We'll work with them on that. And because generally most of my staff is college students. Sure. At sure. one point when I was a front desk agent, I think out of, you know, there's like eight of us that were <laughs> that were going to school. And that's full-time and part-time people. I mean, it's just now granted, I, I did work in Coralville next to the university of Iowa. Mm-hmm. And I found that a lot of the associates that, um, you know, I was working with were actually graduates of college or, uh, that just decided to stay in Iowa city or people who had, or working on their master's degree, who had decided to stay in Iowa city as well. So I never was able to experience like all undergraduate students working at the front desk and then finals hit at the same time and everybody wants to be off or, you know, everybody's stressed about something or this class schedule and that class schedule. Does it make sense where you are to do that? Do you find that you have that there's a lot of talent uh, in those in those college students that isn't worth passing up because of their uh, requirements? Yeah, definitely. Um, one aspect of it is we have students that will work here. I have one of my supervisors, he's a senior front office supervisor, and he's a MIS student, you know, he's tech guy, he's nothing, he, he, didn't, he didn't think about, he worked in concrete before he started working at the hotel in high school. So he started working here in college, and man, that, that he's one of my top front office supervisors, and he, he really just surprised me honestly i didn't think he'd be like this you know quick to take on all these responsibilities he's learning how to the other day i saw how i came in and he was learning how to change a p-tech i'm like oh my god like <laughs> good on you man like you're just trying to learn you're trying to get all that experience in so and also side part is is you know you can't if i didn't hire these people that were in school i probably wouldn't have a reliable strong staff Right, right, right. Absolutely. Um, so like, despite the fact that you didn't get a degree, um, and you remain on the, the hospitality board for the university and everything. Uh, so it sounds like you value education. Maybe it just didn't work out so well for you in, in your, uh, college career specifically. Um, what was there, was, was hotels for you a way of, okay, well, I don't have a degree, so I just need to get into something that I can get into? Or was it something that you had already wanted to get into? 
So it's it's a little bit of a funny story. So I my parents I, I used to live in Chicago. I, li- I grew up kind of in the Mount Prospect displays area. Sweet. Um, and I grew up there for 12 years. And when we were 12, we moved to Ames, Iowa, or Story City, Iowa, which is 10 miles north of Ames. Like 2,000 people, nothing going on. Everything closed at 10 o'clock. My parents bought a hotel there, and you know, they bought some hotels. And so I grew up working in them since I was 12. You know, whether whether I was covering the desk, and my parents were cleaning rooms, or when I was cleaning rooms, we helping my parents out. And a lot of that wasn't by choice. It was just to help my parents out. Really, I don't think I had a choice in that aspect of it. I wanted Taco Bell at the end of the day. So <laughs> I, I, you do what you got to do. And The um, finest restaurant in town, right? Exactly. The Iowa Taco Bell was, the, uh, was your Michelin-starred restaurant. <laughs> the fine dining experience at Taco Bell. <laughs> um, so, you know, going there, and I, that's where I worked about throughout my, you know, high school and everything like that. And Sometimes when your friends are out, you know, going to football games and you're work, we're working the front desk and you're sitting there, man, I really want to go. But mom and dad said you have to work the front desk. It is what it is. Um, and growing up in that. So just a little backstory about my college experience was like after high school, I went to AIB College of Business. It's a private university in Des Moines. Um, I was going to major in marketing and I, my, my dad ended up unfortunately passing away that year. So it was five years ago. And when he passed away, we, you know, we had to go to India for the funeral and the rites and stuff like that. And when I came back, I found I was finding out that AIB was shutting down as a school. So that caused a whole stir up and I had to go somewhere else. That's why I kind of went to DMAC and Iowa State, did that for a couple of years and still wasn't really working out for me. You know, I mentally like I wasn't there at the time. And so I had to take a part time job and I started working at the hotel just because, you know, I knew what I was doing in hotels and I said, you know what, I'm going to stick to what I know for right now while I figure things out. And when I left my parents' hotels, when we sold all of them, I told myself, I'm like, I'm never working in a hotel again. One, because all I thought in a hotel, there was a front desk housekeeping and a maintenance first. I thought that was it. And I didn't know any other positions in a hotel. Um, And then when I started working here and I saw the, you know, different opportunities here and I saw people happy and moving up and so that's what I wanted to do. And that's kind of what I started to work for was that. So you hadn't really stayed in many hotels growing up. Hadn't really like, cause it, it sounds like for somebody who literally like nearly like lived inside of a hotel, essentially working there, uh, helping your parents out, being indoctrinated into that culture from a young age, that your knowledge seemed very limited to that immediate hotel. Um, did you find that you were just like shocked when you when you saw like a full service hotel or, or something of that nature that completely different from what you knew? So, I mean, just to add on that, me and my brother always joke that we live the sweet life of Zach and Cody. <laughs> right. uh, but, you know, our entire family, it's they all owned hotels. So my uncles own hotels, my cousins own hotels. And, you know, they have Hilton, they have Hilton rewards and, you know, the the discounted room night. So we'd, we'd stay in quite a bit of hotels, full service and non. So, but, you know, when I, when I'd stay at those hotels, when I was, you know, under 16 years old, I wasn't really, my, my goal wasn't to look around and sing, oh man, what is, what's, what's going on in the hotel? I went in the room and I said, wow, look, they do this in the room and that other hotel didn't do this in their room. 
so i mean i'd see that aspect of it i guess the interior room part of it i never really glanced at the big picture and saying how how is the setup how is the structure here sure sure so I, in, in a sense it was a bit of a surprise coming to a full service and seeing like oh my god there's a whole food and beverage director <laughs> there's many right. positions there's actual managers to run the hotel <laughs> <laughs> they run by a housekeeper and a front desk guy <laughs> so like I guess it sounds to me, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds to me like growing up and 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 your initial work experience in hotels, you weren't very passionate about it. Not no. It, so tell me about like your your transformation from being an apathetic kid who's working against his will essentially at his parents' <laughs> hotel to becoming somebody who's uh and thank you so much being an avid fan of our show and going out of your way to educate and enrich yourself with hospitality content and somebody who's worked their way up very quickly in in the hotel world and is passionate about education and um you know enriching the lives of other people who are interested in what you do how did you get from point a all the way to point b um, you know, a lot of it was growing up very quickly. I think um, I, I I like to base a lot of where I'm at right now based on what I have and what I've learned. And I might not have the experience as the next person in line with resume experience, but I think what I bring to the table is a different uh, aspect of, you know, doing hotels. I think most people that are in my position, you know, I mean, look on their LinkedIn, they have a college degree, you know, they have certifications and you, the list goes on. And I think me coming in, I, I think I bring the same strengths as some of these individuals do, but without the college degree. And that given the aspect of maybe you don't have to see the, you know, the norm, live outside the norm is what I go by. And you don't have to go through just because that person hired that person with a college degree, just because he had the certification needed. What about this guy? You know, if I give this guy a chance, is he going to knock it out of the park? And so, you know, growing up and starting here, I when I started as a part-time front desk agent, I went to front desk full-time. And then when a position came open, and which was kind of interesting because I jumped from front desk when I, when I went to reservations for a little bit, and I jumped all my supervisors. So, you know, last, maybe it was a couple of weeks ago, the front desk supervisors were documenting me on being a few minutes late. Well, now I'm their boss, so it's a complete whirlwind now. Because mm. I'm hanging out to these guys after work at the bars, wherever the case may be. You know, I'm going to shoot hoops with some of these people before after work. And now I'm their manager and it's got to be a little bit more professional now. So that was a pretty like, it's that's, that's what kind of what helped me grow up a lot quicker because I couldn't live that lifestyle of, you know, going out every weekend or whatever the case may be hanging out with my coworkers because as a manager, you have to have a little bit more professionalism in that aspect. And I'm sure you can relate as well. Absolutely. I have a similar one of my properties started out with everybody and then, you know, Jump <laughs> beyond everybody else. Yep. Yeah. And it, it's, it's, it's unfortunate. That's just how it works. But, you know, that helped me grow up a lot. And I think, honestly, that's what led me to become where I'm at now, because I see managers now that have the same problem as they used to work with their people. Their predecessors now they're above them and they struggle with that. They struggle with trying to create that line of, you know, hey, I'm, I'm a manager now. I can't be doing the same stuff I was doing, you know, last year. So 
it sounds to me like you really like the management aspect of hospitality. Would you say that's that I like think, that yeah. really like propelled it for you? Like if we're going from, you know, again, the apathetic kid to, you know, the director of operations for a full service property, is it, was it like when you first transcended into management that you really felt your passion skyrocket? I think when I was a full-time front desk agent, um, I think that's when I kind of felt myself skyrocket. I had one of my front office managers who's my GM now, his name is Sam Meisinger, Meisinger. Um, and he always, he kind of let us handle it. When he was a front office manager, he kind of let us work the desk ourselves. You know, he let us fix the problem ourselves. I think in the past you saw managers that were, a little bit more controlling of what was going on. And he kind of let us take a grasp of the hotel. So it kind of felt like I was the manager in a mm -hmm. sense. I think it's being allowed to make decisions and the way I was able to exceed guest expectations and whatever way, you know, I'd find out, hey, you know, they've had, you know, a long day, they've been at a funeral, whatever the case may be, and putting a little VIP amenity in there, you know, putting some flowers in there and you'd see them come down the desk with tears in their eyes, like, thank you so much, you, you know, this helps it's a little thing, but it helps so much. And seeing that aspect, I'm like, wow, like I love making people happy like this. This is awesome. And, you know, I think that's kind of, that's, that, I think that's what it is. And part of it is being as a manager as well is you have a little bit more control on certain aspects. So it's nice being able to make a decision that's going to impact your department, your ownership, you know, your management team, the guests in a very positive manner. So seeing that that guest or, you know, those guests that you made happy, that was kind of the starting point for you that you're like, okay, you know, this isn't just one person working an entire hotel just to stay above water, you know, in Story City, Iowa. This is actually, this is me bringing happiness and, and peace to another human being. It goes beyond the front desk agent housekeeper and maintenance man right right now we included the room service people in there too <laughs> right of course <laughs> so i i guess like you know now you know you you kind of were able to overcome those challenges as a front office manager which i i know that's not easy what did you did you have to change your mindset? Like, how did you adapt to that challenge? Because I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who are facing that exact same thing. I think you just have to take everything, you know, slow. Um, I think I made a mistake when I first started off as front office manager, I made a lot of change right off the bat. And that affected how I manage everything, you know, very, very poorly because I lost respect of guests of my ownership, you know, of my, my front, my staff, that's most probably my staff. I, my, you know, my staff didn't respect me anymore because I made so many changes in the first three months. I was changing policies left and right. And I think if, you know, to be in that same thing, I probably would have done it completely different. I probably wouldn't have changed up their entire way of living at the front desk. Um, so, I mean, yeah, does that answer your question? Yeah. I'm, I guess, was it, so I guess that's fascinating because a lot of people would would say that okay you know yes this is Neil's time to shine he's now the front office manager um and, and you would think that that would you know it's your time to make those decisions change those policies so on and so forth 
what exactly about you changing those policies and you actually stepping up and doing what you felt like was right in the moment do you think like actually backfired on you so i think it was the way i I handled it the way i went about it um i did it very you know now that when i sit back and think of it it seemed like i did it kind of behind the scenes like you know i had my my agenda almost in a sense and you know when you make change it's you know, there's always going to be people that love your change that you make. There's always going to be people that hate the change you make because it, you know, affects them. Not everyone is receptive to change. And I think I didn't realize that. And I said, you know what, if they don't want to, you know, my attitude going in there was, it's, you know, I'm the manager, whatever I say, whatever I says goes. Well, you know, it's always good to take a step back and kind of get feedback. You know, regardless if you're going to use that feedback or not, talk to your team about it. You know, I failed to have those meetings with my front office team saying, hey, guys, we're going to be making this change. The way I did it, I sent a memo out. Hey, guys, this is the change that's happening starting today. It's a little bit like a, whoa, like we're used to, you know, talking about it and going through it. And so, you know, moving forward, what I learned from that was I need to have, you know, I need to be inclusive. I need to have open communication, you know, with all my team members and being able to, you know, if they don't like something, if they don't like the way I'm doing it, talk to me. Let's talk about it. You know, it's up to them to change my mind in a sense of why, why, why shouldn't we do this? And I think, yeah, and I think that open communication really helps. (laughs) Yeah. And I guess like for, for me too, it's like, they're the people who are actually going to be executing on the change. So you can send as many memos as you want, but they're the only ones who are going to be actually doing it. Right. And um, enforce your policies when you don't have their buy-in on it. Right. Right. And, And I, that's a great point. Uh, I think communication is critical. And I think that, you know, really taking the time to change things when you feel that the time is right and the team dynamics are in place to support that change. Because how many times, and like, hey, you know what, we've all been there, but how many times have you tried to implement something and it picks up steam for like a few days a week and then all of a sudden it's as if nobody wants to talk about it anymore it's like it never happened and then it's just like oh well that didn't stick at all you know yeah i I think i I faced that too because i was trying to (laughs) i'm not kidding i I think i created like 15 policies in the first three months and you'd see someone pick up like oh man i'm like i I did i create this policy and then two weeks later you know you're like okay it's good to go and then you think about it like oh my god that's not happening anymore (laughs) and it's you can't possibly manage and oversee as an individual as the manager it's almost overwhelming for you just as it is for your team because you can't possibly uh hold them accountable for so many things because you got other stuff to do like you don't have time to be going back double checking make sure everything is good here make sure this is good make sure that's good and then that's when things kind of fall on their face um I think that's something that a lot of hoteliers and just people in in business and in life in general face because the whirlwind of the day to day and everything like that is so powerful. And, and, you know, I think that does need to be taken into consideration when making new policies and procedures. Um, So let's talk about the, the change in the team dynamic and if that, as your leadership style progressed, 
Um, and what did, did anybody like say, uh, you said his name was Sam, right? Your GM. Yep. Did he have any influence in kind of observing and like maybe coaching you like, Hey, you know, obviously what you're doing now isn't working. Let's try to move forward this way. Like how is your relationship with the mentor beneficial to you? Yeah. So, you know, when it was kind of a funny story with Sam, your little backstory is I was a part-time front desk agent. He was a front office supervisor at the time when I was full-time, he was still my supervisor. And, uh, we always joked around. We're like, man, one day we're going to be in, we're going to be two, the two big heads in this hotel. We're going to make some good change here. And, you know, it's kind of funny because he just <laughs> a few months ago and, you know, he's the GM now. So it's kind of funny that we came into fruition. But after he left from far, he, he went to AGM to the hotel and then he went to Hyatt Regency in Minneapolis. Um, and he was working over there. So I didn't have him there as my kind of go to right, right off the bat. He couldn't see what, how, how, what change I was making necessarily. So I would communicate with him a lot. You know, I'd call him, I'd text him be like, Hey, I did this this way. How would I do it this way? But it was hard, I think for him to give me that appropriate mentorship because he wasn't right there on the property. So he couldn't really see the reaction of the staff. I think if he was here and walking by and just talking to a staff member and saying, Hey, how's this going? And then they, they he'll, he'll get their feedback that way. You know, it, it all starts it's like, you know, it's like that saying, you know, it's all, all sounds good on pen and paper. And, so, mm-hmm. you know, when, when you say it to when you say it out loud, you're like, uh, I don't know about this. Yeah. And I think like that's the dichotomy between like leadership and management to a certain extent. Like, you know, when you're basically first given a, a nice uh, management job, it's like, okay, well, you know, the, the pressure's on me. I gotta, I gotta write up all these policies and you know what, like I've got this folder full of SOPs and it looks great written very professionally, very well. And in a perfect world, these, this would be great. The hotel is going to be better because of it, but those policies ain't shit if it's not implemented. Right. Exactly. No, that, 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 that's a fact. That's straight fact because you can, you can sit there and, you know, Right off Paul's deck, right on my whiteboard. Man, these all look great. I'm good to go. And I sit here in my suit, things all, all everything's all good. And then all, everyone out there is like, what is, what is he doing? Like, is he okay? Is what's he doing in there? Yeah, and I think it's like it, kind of like you stated. I think you will inevitably lose credibility if that management style is sustained over time. But I think one of the things that can help resurrect that. And I don't know if this is something that maybe you kind of experience yourself, but being able to have the humility and the vulnerability to say like, you know what, I'm sorry that I, that I put this on you, you know, we're going to start having an open dialogue now. And like, you know, I, am a new manager myself and I'm trying to figure this out just like you are. And um, I'm hoping that moving forward, we can have a better relationship and, and work together to make this hotel a better place. You know, that would, I think, almost immediately like erase any sort of negativity that had followed you from the past. See, I failed in that aspect. And I'll be fully, fully honest about it is I didn't, I didn't go about it that way. I just slowly stopped making policies and I still, and you know, like you said, I lost credibility with my staff. When I started making new policies, everyone was questioning everything I did. Are you sure this is right? Are you sure this is the way you want to do it? Are you sure? Cause I'd be changing up policies left and right too. So, you know, when I initially, when I first do a policy, I 
where I'd change it up again, or a month later, I'd change it up again. So I think that it was this dynamic of at what nothing's nothing's sticking here. Like, I don't know what's going on. There's no consistency in any of this. So, and I learned that, you know, when I moved up to my role, I have, you know, three different departments underneath me that are pretty crucial to part of the hotel. And, you know, you, I, I have to be very, very like, Hey guys, what, what do you guys think? And I, I can make a policy. I, you know, I was just talking to my two department heads and facilities and housekeeping is I'll make a policy. I can make, I can make a decision. But if you, as a department head, do not think it's the right decision, you know more about your department than I do. You know, tell me, because I want to know. I don't know all the right answers. Nobody has all the answers. So share your feedback. I'm big on that because what I what I dislike very, very much, and I'm sure you've everyone deals with it on a day-to-day basis, is you make a change and the other person knows it's a wrong, terrible idea. And then after you fail, they go, I told, man, I should have told you. It's like, yeah, well, you should have told me. <laughs> it all affects us in the big picture. And I think that's that's a great point. Like, it, it's, as the leader of leaders, it's it's kind of your job to make sure that communication is fluid, that you're approachable because ultimately it's going to look bad on you and that department head for whatever decision that ultimately, if you made it by yourself, that department head is still going to look bad because of it. You know, even though it's technically your decision that you made, you know, and it affects everybody on the hotel level. Um, I, I, I kind of want to see like, you know, you kind of gave a little bit of insight. Like it sounds like you're much more open now than when you started out in a management, but how would you surmise your management style and, and have you had success currently? I think, you know, I have had good success. I think when I first started, I had the buy-in of my, my, my staff, you know, all my managers, you know, I was talking to them regularly and I, I like to have one-on-one meetings with them just to say, Hey, what, you know, I have my agenda, I have my projects and stuff. What are your personal goals? Like what, what can I help you with? Cause at the end of the day, as a leader, you want to train someone to take your job. You know what I mean? So if they're, if one of their goals is to move up to a position like I am in, let me help you, you know, let walk with me. Like, let's do a tour on the hotel, see what I do on a day-to-day basis. I've taken people from the front desk doing the same thing as I'll see a supervisor and he comes to me and says, Hey, you know, I really want to move up in the hotel. I'm like, okay, what do you want to do? And something like, like kind of like what you do. Okay. Well, you know, take them on for a couple of days and just show them like, Hey, this is my day to day, take them to, you know, revenue meetings, take them to yield meetings and just throw them into it. You know, let them, let them get all frustrated and be like, Oh my God, like how, do, how does anyone do this? How do you set rates? <laughs> but, and you know, you talk to him after he goes, Oh man, that was a lot different than I thought it was. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's, sometimes it gets, you know, sometimes it gets heated in there. You know, you're trying to set rates, you're trying to work in transient groups, doing group business. It, it, it's a, it's a tense time, you know? And I think just having that buy-in from your staff by talking to them improved my leadership so much because I honestly couldn't be in a position I am right now with it. If it wasn't for my three managers. So I like absolutely love what you just said because from your position, you have already done front desk, front office supervisor, like you've done that already. Mm-hmm. So your ability to empathize with them is already there. Yep. However, from them to you and that kind of straight line of empathy going from them to you is it, it doesn't 
reach anywhere because they've never been a director of operations. They've never seen it from your lens before. They can't even fathom it because they have no ideas, just ignorance. And, you know, nothing wrong with that. But what you've done by taking that front office supervisor to, you know, around with you for a couple of days and showing them, you know, yeah, like I have a fancy title and I, you know, obviously I'm the boss of your boss. And like, I walk around this hotel, like, cause this is my kingdom. This is actually what I'm doing. This is the glamour that you think I have in my day-to-day life at work here. And I, I feel like that will just open up them to empathize with you. So if you make a decision, which you will inevitably have to do, that is unpopular, but you have to make that decision for the you know long-term or short-term benefit of the hotel, then maybe that person will be able to empathize with you and support you just a little bit more. Yeah, and I I've honestly seen that, like, it, like so their their names are Jake and Eli. They're my two supervisors at the front office, and Dylan is my front office manager. And I'm actually using his office right now. So nice. Hey, <laughs> hey. uh, and with, the, with those two, you know, having their buy-in on certain meetings, and I, me and Dylan were talking. It's like let's just bring them into every meeting that we do because honestly, they're going to be the ones, you know. Sh- pushing that onto their, the line level staff out there, you know, the front desk agents and let's get them involved. Let's get them to, you know, and it's, it's awesome now because they've been in a few meetings now. So they're, they, they're more open to sharing ideas. And again, now you see a different perspective of it, different spectrum of the, you know, when I used to be sharing my ideas, now you have someone else sharing their ideas and it's a different outlook on how you would think, you know, I shared my ideas from a different outlook and that's, I feel like that's kind of helped me get to my position I am now. Now you see the same, you know, same thing happening in a different area is you see them showing their ideas and they're very, very good ideas. Some of them are implemented in a hotel wide policy. You know, it's, it's awesome to see that. And I think like, that's just a great realization when you realize that like you aren't the smartest person, like you're not going to have all the answers to everything. One brain is limited whereas you know a collaborative effort is almost infinite in the possibilities of ideas and um and things that could could come of it um now and i want to i want to go back because and you reminded me I, I i didn't get a chance to ask you about your perspective having not been a college graduate having grown up you know in the mud basically in hotels and and doing all that you know the dirty work and seeing it from that point of view versus like a bright-eyed college graduate who's just anything is beautiful at that point you know uh and then maybe with that stark realization afterward but how do you think that your perspective in life that's only unique to you uh has been a benefit and a detriment in your life and in your hotel career. Yeah. I, I, you know, growing up in a hotel, a small hotel like that, it's, you know, you don't see the revenue numbers you see at any other hotel. So, you know, you come up, you know, $80 rates, $60 rates, $70 rates, you know, you get the clientele you get and um, being on the interstate and, um, I think what's helped me now propelled me into my, my area now was kind of what I've always held down to is it's always ready. To, I'm always down to get, you know, dirty. Like if I need, like there's been times where I literally need to sit down and help lift stuff and I'm getting my suit dirty, whatever the case may be. I'm, 
I'm going to do it. I think what you see now is you see these, I'm not trying to create, I'm not trying to attack any college graduates, but you see these college guys, bro. Tell your truth, man. Tell tell your truth. Truth. Okay, I'm going to speak here. Okay. <laughs> Give my TED talk. Okay. So you have people that, you know, they have college degrees. They take these titles. They, you know, they director of rooms, director of hotel operations, director of food and beverage. And then you don't see them get down and dirty and you don't see them on the, on the front line with their staff. You see them in the back commanding from the office that might work in some aspects, but every director, every GM, every high up executive position needs to be down with their team. You know, every now and then I'll be down there helping, you know, they don't need my help, but I'll just do it. I'll just come down there. I'll annoy them. I'll go down to laundry and I'll go help them put the sheets through the, you know, the press. They're like, we don't need your help. I'm like, I know. I just want to talk to you guys, help you guys out. And they're like, oh my God, Neil's here again. Like, just joking <laughs> around with them. Like, hey guys, I'm here for a photo op. Like, joking around with them. They're like, oh God, here, here comes Neil. Like, it's just <laughs> having that fun environment because these are the people that are doing it for you on a day to day basis. What I want to be doing on a day to day basis? No. So I'm going to appreciate the heck out of them because they do it day in and day out. And, you know, facilities, my facilities team, you know, you know, it's been a very, very uh, busy year this year. We've done a lot, a lot of improvements. And they're, you know, every single day, it's a different day for them, you know. And their, their work ethic is, you know, really, really strong. And, you know, you go out there like, hey, you want your help raking leaves? And they're like, no, Neil, we don't need your help raking leaves. I'm like, you sure? I'll help. <laughs> you don't need your help. So, you know, but they have the understanding is, you know, if Neil needs to get down there, he will, he will get down there. And I full heartedly believe that, you know, we recently got many fridges in all of our guest rooms and the people that are helping were me, you know, the director of sales wanted to help until he threw out his back. Um, but, uh, you, know, you know, you see all these executive positions, you see managers, you see lines, it's a mix of everybody, you know, suit jackets off, you know, shirts unbuttoned, you know, lifting mini fridges off a semi truck to put them in the guest rooms. It, it's, Stuff like that really makes me happy because that's what I grew up in is I saw my dad, who was the owner, I guess, doing all these things, you know, repairing P-Tech, repairing, you know, in-room stuff like that. And that's kind of what I've always held is, you know, he, well, we didn't have a very big staff, the staff that we did have at the front desk and housekeeping when he'd come down and clean rooms and stuff. You see this 55 year old, you know, owner clean rooms, it's, they still saw that aspect of, wow, he's coming down to help me out. He's not above everybody else. He's just he's just one of us. And that's that's what I want to go by is I'm just one of everybody else. Now, I I just because you know I gotta play devil's advocate here. I want to challenge you a little bit on that. So sure. like it let's just say in an ideal world, that's great. You would you would um you know you're kind of there to to cheerlead, you're there to um you know, float around to different departments, help out as needed, you know, show your face, all that stuff. But how do you balance your uh, director of operations duties and how do you balance empowering your team to do it when you're not there, if you're going to be there with them like that, you know, kind of those, those two things, because your job, some may argue is, you know, that's why we have a laundry tenant. So you don't have to be down there doing it. That's yep. why we have this person. So you don't have to be doing that. Tell me a little about your views on that. And like, do you, you know, what's your response to that? Yeah. So, um, I, 
you know, I I would I recommend not doing that all the time. It's just a general way because it could can it could kind of get mixed up with micromanaging in a sense, and you don't want that as leader in any way. But you want to be able to. It's kind of a show of face. You know, if you're there and that your team sees you, they're more open to communicating with you. I honestly find so much stuff about people and so many issues that are going on in the hotel. You know, when I work when I'm working with some of these people, whether it's just well, we, yes, we have a laundry team, we have a room attendant, we have facilities team. Right, but you won't know their frustrations until you work with them. You need to get an understanding of what they do because you can't, that helps me now make better policies, better decisions for the hotel is, oh man, how is that going to affect that housekeeper who works this job this many hours on and is this, you know, we put a new, we're putting a new heating and cooling unit in the AC laundry area. I wouldn't have known that until I worked there and I was sweating profusely after one hour of folding sheets when I'm literally standing there and putting it into the press. Sure. I would have had no idea. And I see these people sweating all the time. I'm like, man, they're just working hard. No, it's because it's like 95 degrees in there and it's like awful. You know, I can't imagine them working in there. So I think there's benefits of that, but I do think I do see a downfall in it because you can get too involved in it and then it becomes, why do we have all these staff members? Neil's doing it. <laughs> do you think it's gotten to that point or no? No, I don't think so. I think I have a good, myself, I have a good balance of being able to, every day, I do every day, I do a walk around, you know, throughout my entire staff. I go inspect some guest rooms, whatever the case may be is, I'm always, you know, just walk around and just talking to people left and right. You know, I'm, I don't want to have start conversations, but just generally just like, Hey, how's everything going? Do you need any help? And they're then generally the consensus is no. Every now and then you'll see someone like, Hey, I'm out of towels on this one. Can I, I need to go get the, I'm kind of behind on my rooms. Sure thing. I'll be right back. I'll either call a houseman or a house person or I'll, or I'll just go do it myself. I know they're, if they're an extremely busy day, this is 187 checkouts. They need, they need to turn them over for the next day. I'll, I'll jump in. I'll help out. Um, the other day we had, uh, what was it? I think it was a few weeks ago. Now we had, uh, I posted on my LinkedIn, we had so many call-offs in housekeeping and we had to turn like 160 rooms and housekeeping was, they were projecting, like they started at eight o'clock. They're projecting a six or 7 PM or it was an 8 PM day. So it was a 12 hour day. Uh, that's kind of crazy. So me, the director of food and beverage and the GM, we all jumped out there and we started cleaning rooms. We started stripping rooms, stripping beds and stuff like that. And that was because there was a, not a cry for help, but they asked, they said, Hey, does anyone want to volunteer to help out? And we waited and no one volunteered. So, you know, we're like, let's, let's step up to the plate. Let's, let's go help these people out. You know? And I think they ended up getting it. We didn't help them that much. I think we we're slowing them down partially. All of us. <laughs> well, you know what? Those, those ladies who've been cleaning rooms, they do it very well and they know exactly what they're doing. It's, uh, you know, <laughs> sometimes you go up there fumbling around a little bit. It's like you really are slowing them down to a certain extent. But again, you're showing face, which is a good thing. Exactly. And I think it, it's funny because, you know, you see them, you see a bunch of them pile in, you know, they know they're behind on their time. They know they're going to have to make it up, but they come up and watch you all clean rooms. They're like, they're laughing at you, you know, because you guys are spending 20 minutes on one bed. You're like trying to get it perfect. And they're, you know, it's, it's a good environment because on that stressful kind of day, you see, everyone coming together to help out. And it's just a, it's just a fun, inclusive environment. Do you think that's something that that culture you've been able to help uh, kind of through with your background of, of, you know, being down and dirty with your dad and your mom in the hotels um, and coming up doing everything. 
do you think you've been able to kind of help perpetuate that culture in a completely different environment? I think to a certain extent, yeah. And I, and I may be talking about housekeeping too much, but Linda, she's the housekeeping manager there. And she's she's honestly helped instill that, continually instill that into me is she's always down there, you know, helping the team out and cleaning rooms and stripping rooms. And she's doing the rounds regularly to make sure, hey, everyone okay, we're okay, let's get this done. Like she's the one that's cheerleading on a day-to-day aspect. I'm thinking big picture cheerleading. She's the day-to-day aspect. And sure. I think she, when I when I see her and when I see my facility manager, when I see my front office manager, when I see all them so like focused on, yeah, they're getting all their work done, but then they're also focused on the front desk or the facility side. They're, they're helping, you know, with IT work. They're, they're doing all the leg work. And I think that continually, like, I have that already instilled in me, but that just kind of helps remind me, like, hey, look at these guys. Okay. Uh, so what's next for you? What's next for you, man? Because uh, how long have you been uh, in your current role? So I started kind of in the January, December, January, February. Yeah, kind of that's when I started my training. So you're about a year in. Just yeah. About. Just about um, a year. Congratulations. Thank you. What do you uh, What do you see like in the future for yourself? Uh, and you know, kind of just down the line, what do you see for for Neil? Um, you know, eventually I want to move over to a um, full service, but a branded hotel. I think having the branded hotel experience is a little bit different than my experience because being independent here at Gateway, you, to a certain extent, you get to create your own policies. You get to be creative with your policies. It's kind of like working for a boutique or a curio collection hotel. You know, you have your certain set guidelines, but it's not like to a full extent where, a, you know, like a Hilton hotel is it's a curio collection. So you, it's curiosity, you know, you make your own, you make your own rules in a sense to, to a certain extent. Um, that, so that's kind of where I want to move to, but you know, eventually down the line is move to that type of hotel. Would you be like, uh, do you think it's going to be kind of in the Ames area or do you see yourself eventually moving out of Ames? Like, what do you think, man? So I, I, I you know, as, as far as I live in Ames, I'm tired of the cold. <laughs> uh, I want to, I want to move out, you know, either South or West. Um, my, we you know everyone has their dream hotels and hospitality. I, I don't know what, if you have one or don't say it's the hotel you work at because I know you're, that, that's not always, uh, but, um, uh, you know, my goal has always been to Fairmont in, uh, Austin. I just think it's a beautiful hotel. It's a beautiful property. I don't know if you've ever seen mm-hmm. it. It's beautiful, beautiful hotel. I'll check it out. It's 1100 rooms. It's, it's, huge yeah so that's the uh basically you want to like make sure that whatever you're doing on a daily basis is means that you're getting a step closer to eventually running that place yeah or or doing something in the leadership there just being a 187 room hotel and them having over 1100 uh i have to work my way up in room counts before i get to the 1100 count and um so you know, I, I, have, I, have, I, have, I have some time. I have some growing to do. Um, I have some learning to do, definitely. And I'm fully aware of that. And we'll see what happens down the line. But I do think that there's, there's to a certain extent, again, just like everything else to a certain extent, but it, there's, there's a value of coming from a smaller property. There's a value from maybe, you know, having a little bit of a select serve background and then kind of going into full service. There's certainly value in a smaller hotel because 
you wear more hats, you get exposure to more things. Um, and your, your horizons are a little bit more broad just because that's the needs of that particular property. When you're at a luxury hotel or, or a big box property or, you know, something like that, you're really specializing in your own role. Uh, and sometimes you, you'll see people who have the blinders on because they've been, um, let me just give a basic example of a front desk agent at a thousand room hotel knows nothing but checking people in and out. And then they say, you know, you want to hire them for your property and you bring them on board and you're like, oh, this person worked at a, you know, 750 room hotel. They're going to be perfect. They can handle anything that we throw at them. And then, you know, you get them here and you're like, all right, here's some credit card authorization forms. Go and fill these out. <laughs> go and make sure these are actioned. They literally won't know what to do. And you're going to say, wait a second, you have two, three years experience as a front desk agent at a, you know, reputable branded hotel at 750 rooms. And you can't apply a basic credit card authorization form that's used at every hotel in the world. Mm -hmm. The answer is, yeah, they won't be able to. Right. And I think have like what I, that's why I credit gateway on that aspect of is, you know, when I was a front desk agent, I learned about, you know, the maintenance area. I learned about housekeeping. I, we helped, you know, work some CS events. Um, you know, when they're, when we were short staff, instead of hiring a third party, you know, we all jumped up to the table and having all that experience is always helpful because like you said, you know, I, we've had people at the front desk here that, you know, we don't have too many people that come from hotel experience. We generally give them that hotel experience. I like to consider a gateway that's stepping stone for someone to, to get that hotel experience. Almost a gateway to a hotel career. Gateway to hotel. <laughs> no. uh, uh, but, um, you know, you see that as it's such a tight knit group, almost in a sense is, you know, you're always helping everybody out. Everyone's helped because at the end goal is to make the hotel successful and everyone's got to step up to the plate, whether it's, you know, on a daily basis, whether it's every now and then when someone needs help and, so, I mean, and again, like not knocking anybody who comes from a large hotel because there's definitely value in that and everybody can learn and grow from, from that and, you know, be able to, you know, you'll be the best check-in and check-out, you know, <laughs> ever, and then you'll eventually be able to learn and broaden your horizon. It's just the, the needs of the hotel. But that gives you a different perspective, just like you have a different perspective, just like I do. And I think that's what makes us all, you know, unique and valuable in our own ways. And especially when it comes together at the hotel level. Uh, now, uh, we're just about out of time. Did you uh, want to say any last words or anything that you wanted to communicate out uh, before we wrap up here today? Yeah, I, mean, I just wanted to mention to everybody is, you know, like going back to the college degree aspect of it is, Please take these words and the final words is if you're not going to go the college degree route, match it with experience. That's such a key thing. I think everyone should remember is and that experience again, should not be a three month internship either. Uh, I think that'll help people in the long run and it will counteract sometimes when you look on job description, job requirements is uh, degree preferred degree required. Okay. Well, you know, everyone's got an offer from a place that says degree required that you don't have a degree in and you can get it. it it's possible. 
Um, Neil, where can our listeners find you? Um, on LinkedIn, um, Neil Apadier. I look like six years younger and I look a lot skinnier in that picture. It's a fish. Um, <laughs> um, you can also find me on Instagram at the great Mellis. So cool. Neil, thank you so much for taking the time to join us and for being an avid fan and listener of the show. We very, very much appreciate you. And uh, I'm glad we got a chance to chat today, man. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me guys. I really, really appreciate it. It's great talking to you, Kyle. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, We'll see you again, hopefully. Yep, definitely. We'll try to make this happen again. <laughs> All right. See you guys. See you, man.